We are recording. We're live. Hello. Hello. How are you? How's I'm everybody? fine. You're fine? Yeah. You're fine. That's good. Yeah. Anything, anything interesting happening to you this week? I can tell you something interesting that happened with me. What happened? <laughs> I burned my fucking thumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you play with matches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so uh, uh, a mutual friend between us, um, Jupiter, she messaged me and was like, hey, can you do a hex reading for me? Uh, disclaimer, I guess. I'm a witch. She was like, can you do a hex reading for me? I think I've, I've, I've been hexed. And I was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So I find my matches and I get my bowl of, of water. And then I also got a cup of water because I was like, eh, might as well do two just to be safe. And I cracked the egg, waited for it like to settle so I could do the reading. And I was like, oh, I'll do the matches. I can't strike matches like a normal person, like straight across. I have to do the thing where you fold it and then you pull it through. Did the first one, dropped it in. Did the second one. It burned through like the paper and the, the like the thing that you strike it on and burned mm-hmm. my it, like a perfect circle straight into my thumb. Nice. And uh, now it's starting to blister and I keep trying to play with it. <laughs> so that that's my eventful thing that happened this Ew. week is I burned myself. That's gross. Mm-hmm. You have a blister. I do. On your thumb? Mm-hmm. You can't be a hand model now. I know. You can't be like the other girls. I can't be like the cool girls. I finally finished Euphoria today. Oh, you did? What yeah. did you think? I've been trying to get you to watch um, it since it ended. I feel like everyone's mad at Cassie for the wrong reasons. Yeah, they are. She literally ruined her sister's play, like the one thing that her sister has been able to do. I'm more mad at her for that than for fucking Nate Jacobs. <laughs> for real. And that dude is so weird. How do girls like him so much in that show? I, I He's could not so tell you. gross. I could not tell you. Who was the hot guy at your high school? Do you remember his name? There were so many people at my high school, and was honestly, like none of them that, were hot. None of them were hot. Okay, no. then, uh, well, who was, who was the guy that... Or the girl, I don't know. Either or. There, we didn't have one. There are too many. There's too <laughs> many people. Well, at my school, his name was Jack Youngblood. <laughs> he was really Jack nice, actually. Jack Youngblood. I hate yeah. that name. <laughs> he was actually, he was one of the nicest guys. And his name was, he had a gang name for his last name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a rapper or something called that. No way. <laughs> there's a fucking <laughs> pop artist named that. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot he existed. Oh, I love that artist, too. He's one of my favorites. You know what? Me, too. But I forgot he existed. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was the guy that at my my tiny school, especially compared to yours. Um, well, actually, my, Our my class might have been the same size, but there were four different schools in my district. Yeah, and you had two. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so we could have had the same size high school. Just I think we bigger, had like different size districts. Yeah. Our district was stupid small, and our school was stupid overpopulated. Our, there were way too many kids at the school yeah, than it was we supposed had, to handle. So we had four high schools whenever I was going uh, mm-hmm. for the district, for Klein District. And while I was there, there, the high schools got too overcrowded that they built a fifth high school. That was, I think it holds more kids than all the other ones do. The entire four years that I was in high school, every year there was the same rumor that they were like oh did you know they're gonna build another high school because like the district is over is is overpopulated and, like freshman year i was well, like oh they yeah probably that makes sense. should 
Yeah, they did. They should have. Um, apparently, I, I like. There's a. I had a. She was two grades underneath me. Mm-hmm. She was one of my freshmen, and um, when she graduated, she was like, "Yeah, no, they were still saying that they were going to build another one." And I'm like, with all the land that's in the desert of my hometown, why they didn't make one like on the outskirts of the city, I will not understand. Um, I don't understand schools in the center of cities. Mm -mm. That's how mine was. Like Klein High was in the middle of Klein. You had, it was right by, it was on the corner of a busy intersection. I saw like three people get hit by cars because they didn't want to take the crosswalk. (laughs) <laughs> and one person actually did die, like, before I got there. Mm. Because she had gotten hit. Oof. No, my high school, I had, both of the schools technically were central for their areas of the city. So, like, the other school was kind of more north side where, like, the vast majority of residential is. My high school, I went to the ghetto school. Uh, it was right smack in the middle of downtown, mm-hmm. surrounded by all of like the business streets. It was constantly busy because, yeah, I think the only time that it calmed down was like this weird gap right between like two and three, mm-hmm. and then it'd pick up out of nowhere again. So, you finished Euphoria, and yeah. I burned my thumb. Oh, it's also finals week coming up this week. Fuck finals. I don't want to think about them. I'm almost done. I'm not. <laughs> um, while you eat your green beans, would you care if I went first? No? Okay. <laughs> no, go ahead. Cool. Oh, wait. Okay, we're back. <laughs> the The crunch was too strong on the green bean. <laughs> oh, but you could have given them some, like, really nice food ASMR. Crunchy bean. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to subscribe to my OnlyFans for that. <laughs> <laughs> for the good shit, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least you spared them the horror of breaking open your monster. Have you tried it yet, by the way? Yeah, I've been drinking it in front of you for like 20 oh, minutes. Oh, I didn't now. notice. <laughs> <laughs> this is the risk you take. <laughs> it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, good. That's one of my favorites is the Ultra Gold. This week, uh, we're, we're going up to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So that... I feel like you just upset like a bunch of I'm people sure that, that work I in did. cornfields. I'm sure that I did, and if that's the case, I am sorry. One of my coworkers from Idaho, and me and her were making corn jokes today. <laughs> corn jokes. Okay, well, I say the Midwest specifically. Uh, we are in Illinois. Ooh, ooh, we are discussing. You know, the Mothman made an appearance there. <laughs> Sorry to God. (laughs) From here on, you bring up the Mothman. (laughs) I'm going to instantly be in fight mode. (laughs) I'm going to make a song for you. That's going to be our intro. There's already one, I think. Message the creator and be like, hey. Oh, God. Okay. Anyways, uh, so I'm going to be talking about the Enfield Horror. Because it is the... Enfield? The Enfield Horror. That sounds... Bad. <laughs> um, don't worry. En- <laughs> Enfield is the name of the city that it's based in. Oh, uh, Enfield, that's Illinois. Unfortunate. Yeah. Encountered in Enfield, Illinois. 
the Enfield Horror. <laughs> Dude, it's one of the. It is one of I'm these. Talking strangest. about Illinois a lot today. Illinois, we have, haven't we? Wow. Illinois. I don't know. I was talking about it a lot at work today. We were talking about Chicago and. What's happening in Chicago, Illinois? That it's a hot topic right now. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> we were just talking about it. Enfield. So Enfield, Illinois. Uh, the Enfield Horror is one of the absolute strangest creatures. I'm not kidding, dude. The artist, the artist rendition and the description, you'll find out. I've <laughs> never up, heard it, of this. Straight up, it sounds like H.P. Lovecraft watched the Lilo and Stitch movie and wanted to make an experiment OC for himself. I'm not kidding. Um, like, you know the- So like the, Cthulhu? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. But not quite. It's not fishy the enough. The OG It's not fishy enough. Um... Although it kind of looks like a frog, so I guess not. So, anyways, on the night of April 25th, 1973, a young Greg Garrett uh, claimed to have been attacked by an alien demonic creature that he described as having no less than three legs, grayish slimy skin, short arms and claws with pinkish eyes that glowed. What the fuck? <laughs> Uh, the the creature, like what the what entailed the attack, was the creature apparently stamped on the boy's feet with its own three. I think the boy had three he feet. Stepped on his toes. Yeah, and and uh, <laughs> with three apparently clawed foot-like appendages, um, tearing his tennis shoes to shreds, oh. but not getting his feet apparently. Wait, so is this does this thing have a thing about shoes? No. But it tore up the tennis shoes off of the boy? Yeah. It stomped on Those his feet. Those must have been some ugly-ass shoes. <laughs> he was like, fuck you, Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know why he just stood there, too. I mean, the thing leaps really quick and really fast. That's a part of it, is that it hops like a rabbit. It sounds like Ron Possible's old campmate. In the Kim Possible. Oh, Kim. the slimy guy that turns yeah. into the big... Or is it Ron... What's his name? Impossible? No. Ron Impossible. Ron... Ron Stoppable. Ron Stoppable. Yeah. And Kim Possible. <laughs> but... Cutest couple ever. Oh, truly. The absolute yeah, it, goals. Yeah, it, it sounds like his, his old... You know that episode? Yeah, with the, the super slimy creature. Yeah. And then they have like the, the, the one later where he's like, no, I'm completely reformed, JK. I mean, that's kind of what all of the, the artistic renditionings look like. It's like this weird <laughs> like, fro like froggy looking creature with like three little fat legs and little tiny dinosaur arms. Does he have like one leg in front and two in the back? No, and he has he two just... in front and one in the back. So what does the one do? What does the one in the back do? Is it like a tail? <laughs> I don't know, but apparently it has feet on it. it so he had three feet, no tail. That's so weird. Yeah, uh, but I, the kid was just standing there while all this happened. Shock, obviously, I guess. Uh, but then he, more or less, he got his shit together and he escaped and he ran away to his house. That is where the occurrence ends outside of like going and telling his parents and anyone that will listen that he got attacked by this weird thing. Um, uh. Although, young Greg's encounter was technically, it was the first one on record. But the one that brought the creature to Noriety uh, came just about a half hour later when Greg Garrett's neighbor, Henry McDaniel, and his family, uh, they had their own encounter. So about 9.30 that night, like literally 
30 minutes after the kid, the McDaniels returned home to find two of their children, Henry Jr. uh, and Lily, or Lil, it's just L-I-L, Lil, uh, in a terrified stupor. Children claimed that a thing had tried to break into the house through the doors and the windows and a window-mounted air conditioner. The swamp cooler. (laughs) The swamp creature tried to climb in through the swamp cooler. Yeah. That was creative. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not really believing this right now. It's just a bunch of children. Um, What? What? Well, an adult's coming. um, So so far it's been three kids. So far it's been three kids and we're finally getting, getting an adult. Weird. It tore off his shoes, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. It swamp, hops. It, the swamp monster, what, tried to hop through the window? It, like, tried to go through the doors, and it tried to go through windows, and then it tried to go through a window-mounted air conditioner. That's, that was exactly what the, what, like, the record, like, three different sources said. That is just... Through the window. I feel like these like, kids were in, like, connives with each other or something. <laughs> I feel like they were, they they were, were all doing so. something dumb. Like, he lost <laughs> his shoes. They, I don't know, broke a window or something. Knocked the swamp cooler off or something. <laughs> some shit like that. They were just and like horrible you children. Know what? And they were all they just were like, like, you know what? A frog. A, a frog. frog attacked us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the children claimed that the thing had tried to break in. It was... So they were explaining this to their parents when suddenly, and not at all shocking... Um, they all heard a scratching sound at the front door. Uh, he just, like, the, so the father goes over to it and is like, oh, it must be just some, like, like stray cat or stray dog or something. So he goes to the door and he opens it, and what he saw before him, um, <laughs> was the same creature, the same pink-eyed monstrosity Ooh. that had terrified his children and assaulted the, um, assaulted with floating, took the shoes from the Garrett child less than an hour before. Um, I'm gonna Google what it looks like. It's that's pretty, pretty gross. That's the only reason I'm taking my phone out. Daniel, uh, in fear, slammed the door and then went to a nearby closet to, re- to retrieve a flashlight and his 22 pistol. What the fuck is a 22 gonna do? But he did actually shoot the thing. Did you find the photo? I love how there's this one monstrosity one. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there's like, <laughs> Gumby. It looks like one of those underwater like hounds that were in Hellboy. Kind of. To me, it looked like some Cthulhu shit. Like H.P. Lovecraft got his hands on Lilo and Stitch and was like, "I'm gonna make my own OC. <laughs> this is my Jamba." <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Sorry. I wanted to. I wanted to like get a picture of what was scratching at their door. Yeah. He described the same thing. He said that it had three legs on it, a short body, and two little short arms coming out of its breast area, uh, and two pink eyes as big as flashlights. I don't like it the pink eye thing. Four and a half feet tall, so he could have just punted the thing. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna fight it. <laughs> you wanna fight it? We're gonna go to let's go to Enfield, Illinois. Go <laughs> be like, come out. So, uh, so McDaniels opened fire on the creature, um, quoting, like, when I fired the first shot, I know that I hit it. He ended up firing four shots at it, um, to which it screamed, a hellish scream. Uh, (laughs) Exactly like that. And then hissed like a wildcat and took off 
in astonishing leaps into the night, uh, covering an area of approximately 50 feet in a single jump. They say 50 feet in a yeah. single jump? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's how skeptical you are. You're like, okay, I don't know if those little legs could do that. I, look, I'm pretty accepting of a lot of cryptids and stories and stuff. This one... It's so fucking does stupid. Sound it. it doesn't it's, sound like it. It doesn't. It, it, it's literally, it's one of the strangest and goofiest it. of them all. So he claimed uh, that the oddity took off into the night. He called local authorities, but when Illinois state troopers who responded to the call were arrived at the scene, the only evidence of the encounter that remained was a series of scratches in the side of McDaniel's home uh, and dog-like prints in the yard. Dog, so... So this frog is an amazing jumper, and it has puppy oh, feet? Dog feet, yeah. Are you sure there wasn't a dog that <laughs> you're... <laughs> you sure it wasn't a three-legged dog? Listen, I don't feel great about finals coming up. I know I said I'd be fine, but I'm not. I needed something that was so fucking ridiculous and funny, and the Enfield um, horror happened to be that, and so far it's working out. Yeah. <laughs> this this is... It's so stupid and goofy. The pr what made the prints so unusual was the fact that they had six toe pads instead. Uh, and even more <laughs> intriguingly, that they presented a three-footed animal with one track being slightly smaller than the others. So they were like in a triangle and one was a little bit smaller. One had a complex. Oh, okay. I just want to know how it would run. Like, is it... It is doesn't it run, it two feet forward? Oh, yeah, it's leaping. Yeah. It's, so what, it does just... its one little tiny dog print leg leap him or... Is it completely useless? Or does he kind of do like a somersault when he leaps? Because like if he's... <laughs> do a flip. <laughs> yeah, like... I, I, it does not say, it just says that he bounced, that he hopped. He took a leap and was <laughs> half a football field away. Thing with McDaniels, uh, if he believed that his encounters with the weird slimy dog thing, dog frog uh, thing... A drog? A drog thing uh, was a thing of the past. He was wrong, because on the eve of May 6th, he was startled awake in the dead of night by Ugh. the howling of some neighborhood dogs. McDaniels pulled himself out of the bed and once again went for his firearm with what must have been great trepidation, opened his front door. <laughs> he went seeking after this thing. Uh, this time, he encou his encounter with the creature would not be so intimate. He claimed that he watched the thing from at some distance, languidly negotiating the trestles of the railroad tracks near his home. Imagine seeing that thing twice. I don't know how to read anymore. Yeah, you see it twice. One time you shoot it. The second time you just watch it. The railroad well, tracks so are they them. in like the suburbs? No, I think it's a... They're a little bit out country-wise. Kind of like a rural town? Yeah. I don't know. If I'm in a rural town and I see that thing running around again, I would shoot at it. I actually don't. Like if it was if like on my property or something, I would shoot it. I'm gonna look up Enfield, Illinois. A village in Illinois. A village? A village. It's a village? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can shoot anything in a village. Yeah. That's fine. The population was at 596. Oh my god. So a tiny. Everybody knows each other there. Wild. Um, so he said saw something, what, his remark on the encounter, I saw something moving out on the railroad track and there it stood. I didn't shoot at it or anything. It started on the railroad track and it wasn't, it wasn't, it just started, oh my god, it just stood on the railroad track. It wasn't in a hurry or anything, it was just chilling. 
White County Sheriff uh, Roy Posher Jr. was so perturbed by this weird creature, and obviously because it's a small town, everybody hopped on it after the the, the quote-unquote two, two to three encounters. It rapidly spread throughout all of the news presses, not just infield, for basically the entire state of Illinois was like flooding in because it had basically gone what was essentially viral. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the little swamp? The thing, the problem that was, his biggest issue was that because of it getting super popular very suddenly, there was suddenly a massive influx of people wanting to seek the thing out. Yeah, but... So, so there was a, a, a massive search for this weird beast. After the publicity was received, three locals decided that they wanted to actually try and find it. Uh, and WWKI News Director Rick Rainbow joined them on the expedition. Rick Rainbow? Is he mm-hmm. a meteorologist? I don't... It um, just says News Director on here. I don't know what he would Oh, he should that. be a meteorologist. <laughs> With the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> this is Rick Rainbow, and today we're getting rain. <laughs> today we're getting rain. So the foursome made their way to an abandoned house uh, where they reportedly spotted... A creature that was three-legged and slimy. Uh, Rainbow claims that he recorded the Enfield horror, Horror's blood-curling howl that day. Uh, this la- this tape was later given to a cryptozoologist. I could not find a copy of the recording. Oh, online. I was gonna say. I tried for like an hour. I was like this close to bullshit. diving into the deep web. Like, so another encounter. Uh, was with cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman when she visited Enfield after hearing about the so-called monster. Uh, After listening to Rick Rainbow's alleged audio recording of the Enfield for Coleman went to Henry McDaniel's house, examined the remaining physical evidence. He hadn't replaced the door yet, apparently. Uh, When at the McDaniel's home, Coleman heard what he described as a strange screeching banshee-like sounds. The clawed up sighting, the audio evidence, and what he heard with his own ears left the cryptozoologist wondering if the beast actually lived in Enfield instead of merely being the imagination of a few residents. (laughs) But he saw the damage on the door and heard the noises. Yeah. I feel like I did a pretty good impersonation of the... Would you like to screw it again? <laughs> I'm the Enfield monster. <laughs> I feel Scooby like it would be that hard to hide it. <laughs> yeah. Also, later, a hunting party uh, tried to go out and find it. Um, so the hunting party headed into the woods with the intention of finding and presumably shooting uh, the Enfield horror. Though they failed to accomplish their goals, all five men claimed to have spotted something gray running away, causing them to open fire. Later, local police charged them with threatening public safety and hunting violations. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't Enfield monster season? No. Oh. So they all, they all got in trouble for that. So a lot of people's rational explanations of the Enfield horror for some oh, reason I love just hearing these. did not, um, did not. I feel like with, like, well, yeah, I feel like with a lot of cryptids, the rational explanations sound crazier than, like, the irrational. Yeah, um, so most people just sort of assumed that it was some kind of, like, mutated wild animal. It's a mutated dog. Mm-hmm. Mutated three-legged dog. Yeah, they think it was just some, you know, radioactive. What was the radioactivity around there? 
No, but they they no? were just like maybe there was. Well, there were not, no like plants or anything. Mm-mm. Didn't look like no that. old World War Two manufacturing facilities. That's so weird. I mean, it is weird that like they would. I'm gonna check. I would think that someone would. I did not think this through. I'm realizing. I mean, you don't now. have to like look it up. But I want to know why they like came to that because they were like some kind of like. Or maybe they were just thinking because radioactivity causes mutations. Yeah. And like Spider-Man was popular at the time, so. Oh yeah, was this 1960s? This was 60s and 70s. Oh yeah. They thought that it was some like mutated, uh, disgusting animal. Um, and they, some crypto fans um, thought that it might also be the Mount Vernon monster, which also is in Illinois. Uh, basically, it's kind of pretty much the same thing, except instead of three legs, it's like four legs in most. Um, also, the, the Mount Vernon monster is basically like a shadow panther. Okay. So they thought that it was it was the same thing, uh-huh. even though like it's also described as being gray and slimy. So unless it was just a really muddy mutated dog, a really swampy mutated dog. I think it was a dog. I think it was a dog. Yeah. It hasn't been reported. Ever since then, it like spanned for There's a couple. There's only three of, accounts of it. There's well, four. Technically, four accounts of it. Although okay. some locals always like they got super, super jumpy about it when it went super viral, viral, <sighs> national basically because then it spread out. A Ooh. lot of people got super jumpy. They would see like a cat dash across the street and be like the Infield and like run. Well, you know that happened in our wonderful. Pleasant. <laughs> you bring place. up Mothman again. <laughs> I mean, Mothman tried to steal her baby. So I think he tried to steal multiple babies. Oh my God, he's making a moth army. Um. So basically, anytime people, anytime people saw anything move in the shadows, they were like, eh, "Nope, nope, not doing that." It basically most of the accounts all happened decision. over the span of a yeah. All of the accountings spanned in within like the year of 1973-1940. But there were also encounters before that. There was one uh, witness accounting in like the late 40s in the same area. It was just sort of reported as like a possible wild or feral animal. Uh, but they, the, there was a couple in their car like pulled over on the side of the road in yeah. Enfield, Illinois. And they saw something weird and three-legged like dash across the road yeah i don't like that yeah and they just thought that it was some like fucked up animal and called into the police to be like hey you should maybe look out but there hasn't been any other uh accounts reported since the 40s it's a very small cryptid but it's so fucking stupid and funny to me it sounds like goosebumps to me yeah like i feel like rl stein had something to do with this or can of worms did you ever watch that movie Yes, I've watched it like four times. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> Can of worms. God. <laughs> that movie grossed me out so much when I was a kid. I and now loved I'm how like, gross oh, it was. I, I loved how like... gross it was. <laughs> you know, there was a Disney movie that uh, was actually about kids eating worms. I feel like the only person that ever remembers that because almost everyone I bring it I up to, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you're no, talking about. I'm they microwave the worms. And they put it, it was in the like, sandwich. God, what was the name of oh, it? It was like how to eat fried gross. worms or that something like that. That movie was gross. Yeah. That was disgusting. I'm, God, I know that movie because we oh, had this conversation like, before. It's like how to 
how to eat fried worms or something like that. Uh, you yeah, put Disney 2000... behind that because it will give you a tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> how to eat fried worms, 2006. Is there anyone notable in the cast? <laughs> no, basically everybody sort of just disappeared after it. You know what, if I saw someone eating worms... Oh wait, Nick Krause was in it. Oh my god, he would be in it. That fucking weirdo. Oh my god. I bet he came up with a hormone monster during that. Probably. I knew that movie because I remember seeing trailers for it on my old VHSs. I hated it. It was so gross. I watched the whole movie. I don't know how I survived that. That was a pretty small cryptid. That was funny. That was a good one. Yeah. I thought I would keep up with our theme. So I'm doing a case on Michael Gargiulo. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's are red flags. It's always Michael. Michael's um, a red flag. First one was, was Mike. Second one was a Michael. Now this They're one. all Michaels. Michael's a red flag. <laughs> Who looks at a baby and they're like, Mike. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'm doing Michael, Michael Gargiulo. Not to be confused with television director Mike Gargiulo or his son, television news anchor Michael Gargiulo. Um, so, not in association with. Yeah, so it's not Mike Gargiulo or Michael Gargiulo, it's Michael Gargiulo. He was born February 15th, 1976. He... I think, from what I could find, he grew up in Illinois, but I couldn't really find much on that. Mm. He, but he did move to Southern California in the 1990s, which is kind of where he got his uh, reputation as the Hollywood Ripper. The Hollywood Ripper? That's it? Yeah. I have heard of that one. Yeah, you, I, like, because it was pretty recent, actually, like, yeah. his, his trial. Uh-huh. There's still, like, a lot of mystery behind this guy. Like, they really don't know that much about him right now. That's crazy. I do know that one, though, because it's, it's come up before yeah. on Dateline. And I watched... There was a documentary on it on Netflix not too long ago. Yeah, because so. they literally just finished his trial, like, mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I've wanted to know the details, so I'm really excited about this. Give me the deets. Yeah, so... He would, he like bounced around from jobs a little bit. He worked as a bouncer, an air conditioning repairman, and he was also an aspiring actor, as everyone who moves to California from the Midwest is. <laughs> uh, he had two kids, but I didn't really look that into his kids, because what do they have to do with the story? Yeah, other than we'll just being the unfortunate, the unfortunate spawn of a serial yeah. killer. If they're not serial killers themselves, they don't need to be a part of it. His his target for his victims were young, good-looking women that lived near him. Was there Almost. like specific traits, like brunettes, blondes? Just young, just... pretty girls. Mm. There were so there were four confirmed victims, and whenever I was looking at their pictures, they they were all like very young, um, petite, and they all had like long hair. I think. Mm. But it, it differed from brunette to blonde. Like, it didn't okay. really, like... I, just I don't like think the hair the color was a thing for mm. him. I just watched too much Criminal Minds, and I'm like, what was his, what was his type? <laughs> well, his type was just, literally, just young, good-looking women. Yeah. Um, he was also known as the Boy Next Door Killer and the Chiller Killer. The Chiller Killer. I, yeah, I don't, I probably should have looked up where that came from, but I don't really know. It kind of reminds me of the ice truck killer from Dexter. Yeah. 
But I don't think he Maybe was putting them in ice trucks. because of the air conditioning repairsman. Maybe, but I feel like they would have caught him if they could link it to his job. Yeah. The chiller killer. Yes. So, his first victim was Trisha Pitacho. She was known as a very pretty and popular girl in school. She was a straight-A student, a math whiz, a debate team champion. She was only 18 years old whenever he killed her. Oh, God. Yeah, she had just graduated high school or was about to graduate high school. She was, her friends would describe her as a beautiful person, like inside and out, and that she was always full of energy, life, that she was always happy and very cheerful and just like a genuinely nice person. Like they said, like, like she was a popular girl, but they said she was not like a clicky popular girl, I guess. Mm. That was like what it said on the article that I read. Her death was, it occurred on August 14th, 1993. And on the night of her death, Trisha and her friends were going to like a road rally scavenger hunt. I honestly don't really know what that is. I should have looked it up. Like maybe it's like a scavenger car, like a scavenger hunt in a car? I, that's what I'm assuming. Like you drive around to different locations? Yeah. I think. But so they were doing that as like a, a last little celebration hurrah before leaving for college. Mm-hmm. And she was planning to go to Purdue University and she wanted to study engineering. Wow. Yeah. And um, could have been a woman in STEM. That's the tragic part. Yeah, fuck you, Michael. No, it was, yeah, this this one particular was kind of, like, sad to read just because I found such a detailed article on it. You'll find out, but, like, her parents got completely fucked over for this. That night, her and her friends, like, had a late-night dinner at TGI Fridays, and they were hanging out in the parking lot. And afterwards... Trisha uh, dropped two of her friends off at their cars for them to get home, and then she headed home. She got home around like 1 or 2 a.m., and as she was like going into the house, uh, someone approached her from behind, and they like grabbed her arm and twisted it till it snapped. (gasps) Ow. Yeah, she was stabbed six times on the stoop of the side door to her house. How strong does someone have to be to be that fast and that efficient in snapping someone's arm before they turn around? Yeah. He basically got her in all the fatal places, too. Uh, He stabbed her in the heart, the lung, the abdomen, the arm, collarbone, and back. So it was a rage. Yeah. The next... That's overkill. Jesus. Yeah. It... Yeah. The next morning, her dad was getting up to take their dog on a walk, and he opened the side door, and he found Trisha's body on the doorstep. Oh, my God. It is said that he... So he, like, literally fell to his knees and just screamed. I would hope that that would be the reaction. He told the police what he first saw whenever he opened the door was her two little tennis shoes sticking up. Mm -hmm. He called them little tennis shoes, like it... Yeah. Um, her mother blacked out when she, I don't know if she saw the body or if he just told her, but he bla- she blacked out. The parents had to be taken to the hospital to be treated for shock for after finding her body. Upon investigation, um, d- 
detectives had a few really good leads. Um, first, they found foreign DNA on Trisha's fingernails. Mm -hmm. They didn't say under, so I don't really know. I mean, I'm sure she scratched him and, like, some got underneath. But they said on her fingernails. Unless she's, like, pulling at, like, mouth or eyes yeah. or something. I'm not really sure, but they found the DNA there. And there were a lot of potential witnesses because there was a their neighbors from across the street were throwing a pool party that night. They also like found her keychain, uh, again the fingernail clippings, and there was a man's shoe print found near her body. And they they also suspected, like her friends, classmates, boyfriends, um, current and ex. Like, neighbors, like, anyone that knew her because of the nature of the attack, which was the stabbing. And it's because stabbing is almost always associated with, like, knowing the victim. Because it's, like, a passionate thing. Yeah, that's, like, a... Like, you... It's overkill passion, and stabbing is, like, passion kill. Yeah. So there was something motivating, like... Because, obviously, that's not... It couldn't be completely true... But for the most part, that's that's an angry killing. Yes. That's a that's a rage killing. That's something and, personal. Um, I forgot to mention at the beginning, but the murder took place. Well, I said in Illinois, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, specifically, the town was <laughs> Glenview, Illinois. Mm -hmm. But the Cook County took the Cook County like police department took over. It said because the Glenview was uncoordinated, so I think it was, like, just, like, you know, small-town cops, like, they, like, traffic tickets and stuff like that. They yeah, don't really nothing. deal with, like, a full-on investigation like that. They don't have, like, detectives on their salary. Unfortunately, uh, there were no witnesses from the pool party because there was a thick white fog that laid down that night. So they couldn't really see across the street, which might have also aided in, like, her attack. A lot of the detectives were being refused interview with her friends. Like, none of her friends wanted to talk to the investigators, which is really weird. I don't really understand that. Unless it's, like, the grief of, like, the denial where they don't want to talk about it or say anything. Because that makes it real. But, like, if you know something, wouldn't you jump on it? Yeah. I don't know. So, this was in 1993. So, they didn't really have much technology for DNA testing. So, the DNA evidence that they had found didn't really do anything for the case. So, they couldn't... I guess they didn't have, like, the techniques to test it. Or at least not narrow it down as much as they needed. And the footprint, the man's footprint that they found was actually... Rick Pachacho, her father's, whatever he was, like frantically running around. Like, yeah, like or panicking, something. yeah. Yeah, probably like pacing or something. Yeah, this, so this happened in 1993, and the case went cold all the way up until 2006, when a Hollywood homicide detective called the parents about um, the similarities between Trisha's death and the 2001 murder of Ashley Elrin. The detective's name was Tom Small. She was, so Ashley Elrin was 22, 22 whenever she died, and she was also stabbed to death 
on, in February of 2001. She was found stabbed uh, over 47 times. Ooh. But Detective Small, the Hollywood investigator, uh, he had asked her parents if they, they... He'd asked Patricia's parents if they were aware that in 2003 there was a DNA match that had been found for the DNA on Trisha's fingernails. The parents were never notified about that. They weren't? No. The parents were never told that there was a link between Trisha's and another person's murder. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's they, fucked up. The parents were livid. Like, they... Reasonably were, so. Yeah, they were There's a lead really on your daughter's mad. unsolved mystery. On her unsolved murder. Yeah. And they don't tell you about it. I'd be pissed too. Yeah. I'd um, be so, so furious, dude. Yeah, when the parents went and asked the Cook County State Attorney, the attorney told them that it wasn't enough evidence since Gargiulo had been at their residence before. Mm-hmm. Um, because Michael Gargiulo, which was the DNA that was found... Uh, he was friends with Trisha's brother. He was, yeah, his brother, her, her, Trisha's brother, Doug, he was friends with her, with him. My bad. So that's how he knew her? Yes. Hmm. He was friends with her brother. And the attorney said that since he'd been at the residence before to hang out with Doug, that it wasn't enough evidence to charge him. There's... Yeah, they, they said that... His DNA could get onto Trisha's fingernails through casual contact. But his DNA yeah, but was on another like one. Yeah, but let me just like fucking scratch your fucking. These two people have one person connected, and they're both dead. Both yeah. of them have the DNA from the same person on them. That's not like immediately a, a massive it's, flag. It's just weird. Yeah. How is that not enough to charge? Yeah, they, and there's like a whole thing about this. But yeah, Gargiulo, Mike, Michael Gargiulo knew the Pachacho family. He was friends with Doug, her, her brother, and he also attended the same high school with Trisha, Glenbrook South High School. But like, they weren't acquainted all, at all. They weren't friends or anything. Mm-hmm. From speaking with like neighbors and classmates and stuff investigators found that michael had a reputation for being a short fused volatile bully in 2011 48 hour mystery aired an episode on trisha's case and after this episode two witnesses came forward to tell in to tell detectives that michael actually told them that he killed Trisha. Like, he confessed to them. Now the, he chooses to say something? Well, here's the thing. This wasn't... He didn't tell them till like, after they moved to... Till after he moved to California. They were both in California. They they might have not been told till like, before that, but still, they... If you tell me you killed someone, I'm probably gonna go to the cops, like, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be like, oh, cool, tight, 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 you know, college, be like that, bro. And then immediately go into my bedroom and, like, 911. So the witnesses were flown from California to Chicago to tell their story whenever Michael was being charged for Trisha's case. And they were described as rock-solid witnesses, so 
like their word could be trusted. And it wasn't until after like these two witnesses came forward that Cook County said that they did have enough evidence to charge Gargiulo for Trisha's murder. And they charged him on July 6, 2011. Gargiulo was, he was, or he went to trial when he was, I think like 40? He was, he was like 17 whenever he attacked Trisha. He was still like in high school, basically. Detectives were not happy with how this case was handled. Two LA detectives and two former Cook County detectives admitted that they didn't think Cook County Attorney's Office took prompt action when it was needed. Um, cause, so they questioned why Cook County hadn't initially charged Gargiulo in 2003 when they found that DNA. Um, and they say that some of them think that if Cook County had charged Gargiulo in 2003, then it would have prevented the the later two victims of his, the murder of Maria Bruno and his attack on Michelle Murphy. Attack? So she wasn't, she didn't die? No, she survived. She was the key witness in the trial. Mm. One Cook County detective said, quote, I can't put a happy face on this because we dropped the ball. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, they were not happy with this. Detective Small, the Hollywood detective that talked to the parents, he said that, uh, quote, I'm not privy to everything Cook County prosecutors have, but I gotta say, if I'd had evidence like that, you'd bet that the L.A. District Attorney's Office would have, a fl- would, would have had a filing. And these other girls would not be dead. Plain and simple, they wouldn't be dead. There's a trend within most of the crime cases, even just the ones we've done so far and the ones that we already know. Usually the ball is dropped because of police not doing things right. It's... Sometimes, like, believe me, sometimes a lot of the, like, we know this, the, the characters in it, are just really good or yeah. really lucky. But there's been, like, just like in the last couple ones, it's just been the police are just like, mm. Yeah. And then, like, well, years down the road, like they're like... small town yeah. happenings, too. So maybe they're not trained, but I still kind of like, if they found the DNA that Matt, that linked to murders, wouldn't they have... Why didn't they at least question him? That just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-mm. That they didn't question him at all. Like, yeah. investigate further on that. Like, you get a breakthrough in this cold case, don't you want to close it? But, yeah, there is actually quite a bit of debate on Trisha's case because of that. A lot of people really do not like how Cook County's attorney office reacted and handled that. Mm-hmm. So that was in 1993. Michael then moved to L.A., California, and in 2003, he attacked Ashley Elrin, who was 22 years old. This was the case that, that was linked to Trisha's because of the DNA. Gargiulo had met Ashley whenever she needed help fixing a flat tire, like right outside her house. And he lived less than a block away from her. Friends of hers said that he was kind of, he was really weird. They said that he would show up to his house, to her house uninvited. 
And they said he even parked outside her bungalow at odd hours. Her bungalow? That's what, that's what the article said. It was BBC. Her so he was like, so some people, it seemed like, like after the fact, they realized that he was like, he was like searching her out. He was like seeking her. He stabbed her to death in February of 2001. Her death gained national attention because the night that she was murdered, she was scheduled to go on a date with Ashton Kutcher. And he actually had to go to her trial, and I think he was a witness, because whenever he showed up to pick her up for the date, so he was calling her on his way to pick her up, Mm-hmm. Because he was running late, and he was trying to call her and tell her that he was that he was running late about the delay. Yeah, yeah. And he he got to her house and knocked on the door, but no one answered. And whenever he like looked to the window near her door, he saw he he saw stains on the floor that he thought were wine stains. They ended up being blood stains. So he didn't investigate further that night because, like like I said, he was running late. So he thought that she just decided to, like, go out with some friends or something and, like, yeah. stood him up because he was running late. Yeah, like she just left without him. Yeah, basically. Um, Ashley was not found until the next day by her roommate. Yeah. If you ever get married and I have to find you, I just hope you know that I'm going to go. I'm going to kill myself just so that I can go and slap you in the other world. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that one's pretty sad. That's wild that it's ask, it, that it's Ashton Kutcher. That's yeah, wild. I remember hearing about that. That yeah. That's crazy. Um, was there anything like well, you you already said that the the one that survived, she was the key witness. Yes. Yeah, so she was able to be like yeah no it was him yeah mm-hmm. and um there was also dna at the scene that he attacked her mm-hmm. at. he's terrible about cleaning up after himself Goodness. apparently not so terrible that he got he didn't get caught the first time that's true um he got lucky, lucky his ass. next victim was maria bruno after ashley's death gargiulo michael gargiulo moved to a gated complex in el monte, el monte. in california Maria Bruno was a neighbor of his. She was 32 years old. She was a mother of four. And on December 1st, 2005, he went into her apartment while she was asleep and butchered her. While she was asleep? While she was asleep. Pussy. Face me head on. And, and then three years later, in Santa Monica, in 2008, Michelle Murphy was awoken to somebody on top of her. Yeah. Uh, at first, Michelle said that she thought it was, like, just a dream. Like, like she just a thought very, it was, like, sleep paralysis. Yeah, yeah, or, like, I guess she just, like, wasn't awake enough to realize that this was actually physically happening. I guess she just thought that it was, like, a dream. Like, yeah. just dreaming. But then she realized what was happening, and Michael stabbed her. Oh, my God. Uh, she was, Michelle managed to fight him off by, like, kicking him off of her. As he tried to flee the scene, he accidentally cut himself with his knife and left blood. And that's how, that's how police were able to get him on that. So they brought him in. 
So this encounter, like, was the thing that led to his arrest. Mm-hmm. Which, what should have led to his arrest was the 2000... What? Why didn't he get arrested for the 2001 murder? That's I, a really good question. <laughs> I didn't find anything on it. Maybe I should have oh gone gosh. too deep. Gone deeper. After this attack, Michelle said that she was never able to go back to that apartment. Like, no. it was just too traumatizing for her. She yeah. couldn't even be on that side of town. That's I, that's perfectly reasonable. You yeah. almost get murdered. Yeah, like, she, she said she has had to sleep with all the lights on in the house. She can't sleep alone. Like, it's... Yeah. That is terrifying. I could not imagine, like, going through that. After... His arrest, detectives, I guess they found more information or something on him, but they believe that Michael might be involved in as many as 10 other murders. 10 others? Yes. Dude. Which kind of makes sense because there's a lot of time between these four murders, and they're all the same MO, which means Mm -hmm. he probably did have other victims in between. Yeah. It's just these were the four that had something to connect them. Yeah. These slayings include homicides that took place after 2003 when Cook County decided not to charge him for Trisha's murder. Wow. Yeah. So during trial, Michelle Murphy was the key witness. Uh, She actually broke down when she was on the stand and she told the jury, quote, spending the night alone creates a world of fear in me. He was, he ended up being charged with two counts of first degree murder and one count of attempted murder on Michelle. Mm. I didn't realize that. So he has four known victims, but why was he only charged for two? Oh, wait, 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 wait. no, I'm stupid. I literally wrote it down. So in California, he got charged with two first degree murders and then he was sent to Illinois to stand trial for Trisha's murder. Um, oh, yeah, because the states that they were committed yeah. were different, yeah. Um, to this day, Michael insists that he's innocent. After he was charged and sentenced, he was sentenced to death. Yeah, he was sentenced to death on July 16th, 2021. Not even a year ago. Yeah relatives of his victims literally like they wept whenever he was sentenced like they just broke down in tears so judge larry paul fiddler the judge for the court he said uh during sentencing in this case everywhere that mr garjula went death and destruction followed the problem with uh the death sentence for michael though is that the last execution in California was performed in 2006. Uh, And execution has been banned in California since 2019 by Governor Gavin Newsom. So, Michael Gargiulo, it may be a very long time before his sentence is carried out. Yeah. So he got sentenced in California, not in Illinois. I couldn't, I didn't really find out if he was, like, actually sentenced in Illinois, but I'm presuming... I can't imagine why he wouldn't be. Yeah, I'm presuming that he was sentenced. Okay, here's the thing. He might not have been sentenced yet. Mm. Maybe that's why I couldn't find anything. Yeah. He might, he may not have gone to trial yet. Because it is stupid recent. Yeah, it it's gonna be wasn't even a year before ago. he actually goes. Yeah. 
before so, they actually take him down. at least to California, he may not be sentenced, or, like, his sentence may not be carried out for a very long time, if at all. Yeah. And... He'll probably die first before they kill him. Yeah. And that is the story of Michael Gargiulo, the Hollywood Ripper. Go fuck yourself, Michael. <laughs> fuck you, Michael. It's always Michael. Michael is a red flag. If your name is Michael, you're a red flag on site. Yeah, literally. It's on site. It's on site. That's okay. So we now we have three episodes where the like the highest suspect and the killer is a Mike or a Michael. Yeah, that's why I chose this case. Next, I'm doing the same I, thing. I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna find one with the name Michael, and based off of this, it's not gonna be very hard. Yeah, actually, whenever I looked up, because I looked up Michael like murderer, and there were a few other articles, but that was that was the one I saw that was really interesting to me, mostly because like I've heard of the Hollywood Ripper. Yeah. But I haven't really like heard much on him on anything that I watch or listen to. Mm-hmm. Because there's just so much to the case that a lot of creators don't like. They either don't want to or they they say that they don't want to do it since it's so... Like, since trials are still going on or they just yeah. went on. So, honestly, if something more happens with this case or with Michael Garcia, I'll probably do, like, a mini-episode on it. Mm-hmm. We could make that a thing. There could be a mini episode if there's any new encounters yeah. of cryptids and any new updates on crime cases we've covered. But yeah, there we got the Enfield monster and Michael Gargiulo. Yeah. Both monsters from Illinois. <laughs> How did we manage to sync up Illinois is my favorite part. Oh my part. god. Illinois, We're are synced. you okay? We're Illinois, synced. We're synced. Oh my goodness. Two years of living together and we're finally synced. <laughs> I do need to know, though. Illinois, are you okay? <laughs> Chicago is. Um, it, I don't know if it still is, but it used to be one of the most violent cities in the U.S. Yeah. Illinois is not okay. Is. That's what the answer is. The Windy City, the Deadly City. Was it Chicago that there was, like, a balloon parade that went wrong and it was either, killed, like, three people? It was probably either Chicago or New York. One of those two. I'm sure there's one in New York. York. The Macy's Thanksgiving Parade, you know. Has that ever killed anyone? I don't know. I'm gonna look I wouldn't it up. be surprised. No, probably not. It probably has. There's gotta be at least, like, one stampede in history. Yeah. So. But, but yeah. So, fuck you, Michael. Yeah, and fuck you, If anybody Michael. has anything about the Enfield monster, <laughs> give us some of that. I want a yeah. picture. I want a real picture of this. There's so much video evidence of skinwalkers. I want a picture of this thing. You gotta go talk to those kids. I do. You gotta go steal their shoes. Yeah. Maybe the monster just wants shoes. Maybe. He has three feet. He probably can't find any that, like, fit him. Yeah. My computer's about to die, so let's just wrap this up. Okay. Well, this has been Criminal. Slash Cryptid. Uh, Thanks thanks, for listening. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye.